Today's episode of Beautiful Stories from Anonymous People is sponsored by MailChimp. Guess what? I guess who I used to be. I used to be a young man just trying to find a way to tell my story to the world. You know what I did? I signed up for MailChimp. This is very true. Before they were ever sponsored the show. And I said, because I did, I always had this cult fan base and no way to get to them. And, and all of a sudden, everybody signed up. They all came to me. And now I can send my biggest fans these boutique emails. It's a very, very cool thing that MailChimp does. They've got gorgeous pre-designed templates. You can code your own. It's easy, a lot easier than the phrase code your own sounds. Show you how to send, when to send, why people open an email or delete it. They'll help you find people, help you grow your business. I can say that personally because it worked for me. MailChimp helps you tell your story effectively and find people who care about it more at MailChimp.com. Support for today's show comes from Squarespace. Whether you're starting a new business or launching a creative project, count on Squarespace to help you create an eye-catching and professional website that stands out from the rest. With Squarespace's beautifully designed templates and customizable features, you'll have everything you need, be it a landing page, gallery, blog. you got everything you need to make your next move into a reality. Start your free trial today at squarespace.com. Enter offer code CG. Like me, Chris Gethard, you get 10% off your first purchase. That's squarespace.com. Offer code CG. You even get a free domain. Hello to all my nervous laughers out there. It's beautiful anonymous. One hour, one phone call, no names, no holds barred. I'd rather go one on one. Hello, everybody. It's Gethard here. A little shell-shocked. Let's explain why in just a second. Before I do, I want to say thanks to everybody who uh, who enjoyed last week's episode, Fugitive Father. We all heard about that. It's funny. I thought I thought everybody was going to react hard to the stuff about uh, about that guy's uh, his dad's illegal activities, and, and that got somebody. I noticed in the Facebook group, so many people actually um, talking about the stuff we talked about regarding higher education, which which was really cool to read. A bunch of people in the Facebook group, someone who, who was the parent of a kid who's kind of struggling to find their place in school, and a lot of people giving advice about that. It seems like that whole topic, actually, I, I, didn't, I didn't realize how much of an issue that is. You're spending all this money, send your kid to school, your kid's depressed, but you don't want them to drop out of school. A lot of discussion about that side of it. Happy to see it go in that direction. Didn't see it coming. Now, this week's call, just recorded it. Uh, moments ago, immediately we all hung up and we were like, what do we even do? Do we even, what do we do? I had the instinct of, do we even put it out? And I, I, here, here's what I realized is you're going to hear a call. It's, uh, I, I say it in the course of the call, by far the most angry I, I've ever been um, in the course of a call. And and uh, you guys know, I don't, I don't, we, we put out anything, man. We put out anything. And this one, we were like, what do we do? Um, this is a person who went through some stuff that no kid should go through. This person who you'll hear my opinion. I, I sort of bring up, is there maybe a little, still a little bit of denial going on or uh, a little bit of need to reconcile some of this stuff? I, I bring those things up. I, I try to get all those opinions on record. Ultimately, I think I want to uh, put this one out because um, first of all, to hear the perspective of someone who is inside a situation like this is rare and eye-opening. And and but but most of all, uh, my guess is that there might be some other people out there who are in situations like this or surrounding situations like this on the periphery of them. And uh, and and I I hope that by hearing this, maybe it could make people feel 
a little less alone or feel like maybe things will be a little more okay. You'll see what I mean. I don't want to say too much more than that. I want everybody to make their own decisions, but you'll hear my reactions on this one are pretty um, hard and firm, if not extreme. So uh, this calls a little head spinning. It's a tough one in many ways. So let's get into it. Usually, I, I, I almost every episode I say enjoy the call. I think this. I don't want to say that with this one, so I'll just say, "Here is a call you can listen to." Thank you for calling, beautiful anonymous. A beeping noise will indicate when you are on the show with the host. Hello, is this Chris? Yeah. Hi. Hey, Chris. How are you? I'm doing pretty good. I gotta say. Feeling okay today. Went to the gym, got the adrenaline up, you know, those endorphins. Feeling good. <laughs> That's awesome. That's the opposite of me. I was like just about to lay down and take a nap, and then I saw you were filming, and I was like, oh, I should call. Oh, I don't want to interrupt a nap. So I was listening to the music. Now, well, I, I was listening to the music, and I was like trying not to fall asleep with your your scary intro music that you have. Yeah, people have said the intro music is weird and somewhat Terrifying. But here's an announcement. Jared has figured out how to switch it, so I'm going to curate a playlist. I'm going to replace that any day now. <laughs> any day now. Something happy and upbeat would be good. Thank you so much for the suggestion. What if I did? What if it was all super dark? What if I made it like worse? What if I made it really dark? Just like, that's like black metal. Like those metal bands from Northern Europe that sing about burning down churches. Like, what if that? What if I replaced the intro music and then I was like, "Yeah, you guys shouldn't have complained. You had it. You didn't even know how good you had it back then." <laughs> You're definitely setting a tone for the show. I feel like you. You know, you get people in this very tensive mood. So. <laughs> I've never heard the whole music. You're intense. You're doing a really good job. I have no idea what it sounds like. Really. I don't know. It sounded kind of Chopin-esque. It was some sort of piano. Um, I don't know. It, it, it's just creepy. Yeah, Jared just typed, it's weird atonal piano music. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. That's precisely what it is. Okay. So what about you? What's up? Oh, man. Um, well, I was just... Uh, what is up? I don't know. I'm sorry. I'm like waking up from my half nap. Um, I have been thinking about something for the past week that I've been um, talking with a couple of my friends about. And um, maybe if you want to give me advice on the situation or talk with me about it. That sounds good. Um, basically. <laughs> so um, basically when I was about, 15 years old, I had a inappropriate relationship with a former teacher of mine. Whoa. Um, <laughs> this is something that like, I actually, don't, it's interesting to talk about now because I really don't think about it a lot. Like, I don't feel that it's traumatized me in any way. I feel like I have a very good life. I have a pretty happy, fulfilled, wonderful life. And I don't like, I don't know, a lot of people I feel like who talk about this stuff feel very traumatized by it. And I actually don't think that it affected me in a, um, in a really adverse way. But, um, but I have not thought about it a lot over the past 10 years because I've been out of contact with this person. And I ran into this teacher, um, um, last week at Starbucks. Wow. 
What if that was all just a clever way to have like uh, like grassroots Starbucks advertising? What if that was all secret Starbucks ads? Just you landing on Starbucks. So I need you to walk. I mean, where do we? Where do you want to start? Do you want to tell me how this relationship developed, or do you want to tell me what this this current day encounter was like? I want to hear both. Sure. What well, I guess I could tell you how it developed. Um, so he was uh, one of my middle school teachers. Um, he was incredibly popular teacher, one of the teacher of the year kind of people. Um, I, I guess he was always my favorite teacher. And I wouldn't say that I had like a crush on him per se. Um, but I always really admired him. Um, uh, he was, you know, one of those teachers that I'd love to go and hang out in his classroom, um, after school, um, really just loved his class, thought he was hilarious. Um, really, looked up to him, I guess, as more of a mentor, um, than anything else. And, um, and he, he kind of took me under his wing. I guess he, you know, I was, I was teacher's pet. Um, he, it's interesting because I didn't really looking, I guess maybe that's something that is interesting for me now, because looking back, I see some of the ways in which maybe some of the contact we had, even when I was his student was slightly inappropriate, but I didn't necessarily see it that way at the time. Um, like I remember when I did really bad on a, a math exam, he bought me a book and gave me a book the next day to comfort me about it. Or he, um, you know, he would message me on like AOL instant messenger after school. Oh boy. Um, and we would talk about, <laughs> I know it seems so inappropriate now, but at the time I just kind of brushed it aside. Right. Um, and, you know, my parents, my parents actually discovered that we were talking on AOL and my dad almost went in to talk to the principal at the time. Um, Cause I remember he noticed something that he had said to me to the effect of you looked really pretty today, or that was a nice dress today. Um, something fairly innocuous, but still slightly inappropriate. Yeah, um, very inappropriate. And my right? dad the teacher was, on AOL telling a kid <laughs> you had a pretty dress. Okay. So your dad sees these messages. Right. So my dad sees these messages and he was irate and he wanted to go in and, um, and speak and speak with him. Um, and I begged him not to, and my mom actually ended up asking him not to as well, because I think my mom was also under his charm, um, knowing, what a positive influence he had been in my life, um, in so many ways. And, um, and, you know, she didn't want to cause trouble for me. And she believed me when I was saying that, you know, it's completely innocuous and he doesn't mean anything by it, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so he didn't do anything about it at the time and neither did my mom. And, um, did you tell the, te- did, the te- happening. did the teacher know were you like, Hey, my dad's mad at you. Cool out. Did he know? No, I didn't. I didn't say anything about. It. Wow. Um, because I think at that point nothing was going on um, besides you know us speaking outside of school and him showering me with affection and 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 you know saying that or I guess you know being kind of a mentor figure and and a, an important person in my life, but he wasn't overtly. That's as far as any of his compliments would go. You know, he wasn't. Um, he wasn't flirting on flirting with me or nothing inappropriate was going on besides that. Okay. Our conversations. <laughs> so, um, 
and I guess at the time I was also going through a sort of a hard time with my family. My family moved around a lot. Um, my mom deals with some chemical sensitivity stuff and she's never really happy staying in one place. So we moved, I was always in the same, uh, same school district, but I was kind of like the richest homeless girl you've ever met. You know, like my mom would like all of a sudden decide that we had to go live in a hotel because there was mold in our basement kind of thing. Um, so he might've been one of those mentors, like providing some sort of stability to, to me and being someone that I could go and vent to, um, about how crazy my family was. Um, and I think my mom appreciated him being kind of a rock for me. And that was maybe one of the reasons that she didn't want to uh, confront him either. Um, so anyway, yeah. So, so we just, you know, he was a really good teacher to me that year. Um, and then I continued, you know, I was probably about 12, 13 at that time. And then um, I stayed in touch with him uh, when I started high school and I would, come back after school and help him grade papers. Um, it just, you know, our friendship continued essentially. Uh, and I'm trying to think when it turned, I guess I had lent him, it was like the summer before my sophomore year. So I was 15 and I had lent him a book um, that he invited me to drop by his apartment and pick up. Um, and that was the first time that he kissed me. Um, I just ran up to the apartment to grab this book. And then I was on my way to the airport, actually. I was leaving on some sort of school trip to Europe. And um, and then from there on began this really more of an emotional relationship than anything else. Um, it wasn't, I never slept with him. Um, it was more just, you know, maybe some like intense make out sessions. Sorry, like TMI. <laughs> but, you know, a lot of, but a lot of, kind of an emotional affair, I guess is how I would describe it. Um, a lot of late night chats and, um, and emotional conversations and, um, slightly inappropriate physical advances. So you said it never, it never, and, um, never became like full on sexual, but you were just, you were, you were making out. I just want to, I just want to be clear. I think that's what you said. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah, that's correct. Um, I mean, there was like a little bit of heavy petting, um, but there was nothing explicitly or like full on sexual. Wow. I got a lot of opinions. <laughs> I'm sure you do. Um, How long did it go on so, for? So that last, it lasted a year and a half. A year and a half of you making out with this teacher? A year and a half, yeah. And I ended up cutting it off um, when I was 16 and a half. It was like midway through my junior year of high school. And I, I don't know. I mean, like, I think had I wanted it to go further sexually, it definitely would have. Um, fortunately for me, I was a huge goody-goody two-shoes in high school. You know, I was going to wait till marriage to have sex. I didn't drink. I didn't do drugs. Um, I was a very kind of good girl, and I was also very strict um, and goody-goody two-shoes when it came to my boundaries. So he respected that, and he was very good about respecting my boundaries, and everything was completely consensual. Um, but yeah, for a year and a half, I made out with my teacher. Wow. Wow. <laughs> okay. And then what happened when you saw him? No, I want to just hear all the facts and then we're going to, me and you, we're going to get into it. 
I'm, we're going to get into it on this one. So what happened when you ran into him at Starbucks? And had you been in, did you keep in touch with this guy oh, even after you cut it off or did it? Um, so, yeah, so I guess I should finish like how it ended. So I cut it off um, when I was, you know, 16 and a half midway through my junior year. And then my senior year, after everything was over, my mom ended up reading my diary and finding out everything that happened. Um, I thought I was being super discreet about it, but I wrote about everything in this like big black journal that was labeled my diary. We'll with bleep Red that out. We'll bleep that out. We're going to mark Sorry. the time code. No, that's okay. That's okay. We're getting into it. We're feeling really loose here. Jared's noting the time code so we can bleep out a name that was inadvertently uh, said. So you're okay. telling the story with friends. And that's, so, yeah. <laughs> so your mom, um, fi- your mom <laughs> finds it. Does she lose her mind? So she, oh, she, she, yeah, she was incredibly upset on so many levels. Um, I mean, first of all, she and my dad felt terrible for not better protecting me, for not noticing, you know, the warning signs earlier, for not going in and talking to him as soon as my dad had um, discovered those conversations. Um, she was also really upset with me. She felt like she didn't know what she could trust anymore because I was a very, I was a good kid, but I, you know, in order to keep this affair going, I, I lied a lot, you know, it'd be like 10 o'clock and I would say, oh, I have to run to Safeway to pick up cookie dough to make cookies for school tomorrow. When in fact, I was going to go meet him in a parking lot and make out in his car for half an hour kind of thing. Um, so she didn't know, you know, if she could trust me and, I was really upset with me for lying to her and was really upset with him for abusing um, her trust and my trust. Um, and she she wanted me to go forward um, to to the school and, and basically say what had happened and turn him in um, and encourage him to get counseling or get him to stop teaching. She didn't necessarily want him to go to jail or anything like that, but she wanted him, you know, out of the school system. Um, and so I, at the time I was really resistant to doing that, um, because, uh, because I cared a lot about him and because, um, he was also married and I worried about, um, I worried about him losing his job. I worried about him burning his marriage. Okay. Sorry. I've been sitting on every reaction I have so we can get the facts out, but that one, that one. Okay. That's pushing me past a bit of a tipping point. Anyway. Okay. So he's married. Uh Uh-huh. 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 Okay. (laughs) Um, so I, but anyway, I did end up, um, I did end up actually cooperating with the the school police about it. I wasn't going to, and then what ended up convincing me was my dad, uh, you know, took me out one night and my dad is like the most very sweet man, but like so stoic and not very emotional. And he just broke down crying and was really apologetic for not being there more as a father and, you know, saw it all as his fault and, you know, was convinced that there would probably be other girls in my situation. And, um, and so I, and, you know, I, I, I ended up convincing myself that it was the best thing to go ahead and, uh, and turn this guy in. So I, I cooperated with the, um, the, you know, internal school investigation, um, and, uh, ended up recording a phone call, um, with him as, as evidence. Uh, of what was going on because they needed, con- I guess I deleted all my conversations and they needed like concrete evidence that something had happened. And, um, and so the guy ended up, uh, he ended up losing his job, his teaching job. Um, 
but he went on to do other things um, and, uh, you know, had a had a career after that. And I loosely kept up. I've loosely kept up over the years with, you know, what he's been up to on uh, on LinkedIn and, and different social networks. And right after I had turned him in and the whole thing came crashing down, I had felt really terrible about it. And I had, so I had, um, I had written him a note sort of long apology letter about how I was so sorry and um, how I hope he understood. And he had responded to that basically saying, you know, don't worry about it. Um, I really care about you and I always will, but we can't speak for a number of years according, you know, according to my lawyer for statutory limits and everything. Um, so that was the last that I had, uh, that was the last contact that I had had with him before I saw him in Starbucks. Wow. So can I give you my opinion, and then we'll pick up with what happened at Starbucks? Because I just want this on record, because I've been biting my tongue. Sure, sure. <laughs> Go for it. I fucking hate this guy. I hate him so much. I'm not even going to apologize to my mom on that one, because she's nodding in agreement. I hate this guy. He was an abuser, and he manipulated you, and I'm glad you're not traumatized by it. But you're so lucky that you're not. You're so lucky that you're not. Because this guy sounds like a fucking creep. What a creep. That's my... <laughs> That's my opinion. I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. Like on my end, like I, you know, I, I make most of my, most of my careers as a stand-up comic, which I, I don't know. I think a lot of people listen to the podcast only know me through this. I tour a lot. <laughs> I do a lot of college shows, and it's 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 so interesting because I'm, I'm 36 years old. I go to, to college shows, and I love them. I love them. I love and and like you know, being around like you know these college students who like have something to say. And are like these motivated people. It's like really inspiring to be around that energy and the way they they the way they express their their appreciation for for art. It's like the coolest thing. But there's some comics who are like, oh, college gigs. I'm gonna go like sleep with a college girl. And that's at the age of 36. It's like unfathomable to me. It's unfathomable to me. Let alone someone like that. Just yeah. age wise, I'm just like that's so, like the idea that a grown up would would flirt with a 13 year old. The fact that he like is there? Oh God, I'm getting mad. You can hear it. Like, like <laughs> you're well adjusted about this. You're so well adjusted. And I, the last thing I want to do is like put any like here's how you should be reacting. But it's when I'm reacting, like do you look back when you realize like. <laughs> Well, I because I hear you saying that you know you moved around a lot and you were you were a little foundationless as a kid. Don't you feel like he targeted you? Like as soon as I hear that, I'm like, it sounds like he targeted you. Yeah, I think um, yeah, in a way, for sure. I mean, I think that's um, I think what what's tricky about these situations is there is kind of like when you're a, a 15. I mean, yeah, it's troubling looking back as you know, seeing the friendship that started so close as early as 13 when I was a student of his. But um, I think there's some sort of like gray area for me in my mind where I'm like, okay, well, pedophilia is, you know, like young, prepubescent children. But then like when you're 15, 16, there are girls that physically, I think, you know, could be walking down the street and a 30-year-old guy could think that they're very attractive. Um but it is kind of like what you're saying, like once you start talking to that person, like I know now that I'm, you know, now I'm um, in my 30s. And now when, I, when I'm around young 20-somethings or, or teens, it's true that, you know, you can see someone think, oh, they're an attractive person. And then they open their mouth and you're like, okay, they're so much younger and so less mature. Um, so, 
I don't know, I guess I've dealt with a lot of like cognitive dissonance around that. I'm like, well, the attraction seems understandable. And then I like to think that I, sorry, I'm kind of rambling. Um, but I like, I like to think that I was, (laughs) I, you know, I was always a really good student and, um, and I think where that, where he was probably really effective is just being very flattering and how talented I was and how smart I was and how, and so on the one hand, he was like this kind of incredible mentor in a way, right? Like, I know that sounds completely fucked up, but like he was one of those people in my adolescence who was always there believing in me and telling me how much of a wonderful person I was and how I was going to go off into the world and do anything I wanted to do and how, you know, what a wonderful writer I was, how, talented and and when you get those kind of compliments yeah i mean it's 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 kind of it feels manipulative and in the same way in like a kind of weird fucked up way like it was also helpful to me at that time like i think i i got a lot of self-confidence from his reinforcement um and i think that i almost didn't find it weird that he liked me so much because i also saw myself as a talented young woman and um and I know that sounds weird, but, and so I think that like in my, I think in a way in my head for this past decade, how I've been able to reconcile what happened was by saying that like, oh, I was this really mature for my age, beautiful, talented girl. And I was like an exception to some rule and it's a little odd, but it's not out of the realm of possibility that an older man would fall so hard for me because it was really like he was in love like and maybe he was lying about it but like the the impression or the way the relationship played out was more like a romantic relationship than it was like a I don't know I've read some memoirs of people have these like teacher-student relationships and they're so explicitly sexual and like obviously abusive and and um and it was never like that so So everybody go ahead and take a deep breath. Very warranted. I'm sure everyone has their reactions building and mounting. I know I do. But a warranted, uh, let's, let's everybody just cool out for a second. We got, we got so many advertisers that help us bring this show to you for free. And I want you guys to listen to the products, the services that they have to offer. Use those promo codes. Helps the show. And we'll be back right more with one of the most intense calls in the history of Beautiful Anonymous. I very much believe that everybody should take care of themselves and everybody could take a little bit better care of themselves and taking care of mental health, it's it's no exception. I'm a very big, very public advocate of that idea. That's why today's sponsor, Talkspace, the online therapy company, makes it easy to connect with an experienced licensed therapist handpicked just for you for as little as $32 a week using Talkspace. You can send your therapist text messages, audio, video messages, whenever you want. You do a live video chat very modern, very easy. There's a lot of barriers of entry when it comes to therapy. Talkspace is really providing a new version of it that I think a lot of people might be super comfortable with. If you need to vent about work, family, get get through something that's been on your mind, no problem. Your therapist is ready to help. Sign up, learn more, go to Talkspace.com slash beautiful. Special offer for our listeners. Use the coupon code beautiful. You get $30 off your first month. Show your support for this podcast. That's code beautiful talkspace.com slash beautiful talkspace is therapy for how we live today support for today's show comes from squarespace whatever your next big idea might be you count on squarespace to help you create an eye-catching online platform 
brings that idea to life. This is whether you're starting a business, launching a creative project, you're looking to change careers, whatever you need. Squarespace has these templates, customizable features, gives you everything you need to look like an expert right from the start. Even get a unique domain, set you apart in your field. I guess what? I, I'm, I, I, all I ever need, all I ever need with my website is I do shows on the road. I need to update that. I need to do it. I, I worked with 19 web designers in my life, every single one of them. Couldn't figure out how just how to do it. I go on Squarespace, easy, customizable. All of a sudden, I'm building a website where I can update my own stuff at my own leisure. I don't need to contact some web designers. Got 35 other projects going on at the same time. Squarespace it puts the agency in your hands. Award-winning templates. They got everything simple and intuitive. You arrange your content with the click of a mouse. It's great, and you don't have to install anything. It's very, very easy. And also, if it's not easy, customer support 24-7. No such thing as a dumb question, trivial question. You think of them as your own IT department. So make your next move. Start your free trial at squarespace.com today. Enter offer code CG. You get 10% off your first purchase plus a free domain. CG. I'm spelling it out here for you. CG at squarespace.com. Take control of your website. Thank you. To all of you advertisers out there, you really do make this show happen. Now let's get back to the phone call. The people have these like teacher-student relationships, and they're so explicitly sexual and like obviously abusive, and and um, and it was never like that. So, and that's great. I don't and know. that's great. Yeah. And I'm a couple things I'm gonna say. I don't know what I'm talking about. I haven't studied this stuff. <laughs> I, I, I got an American <laughs> studies degree from a, 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 from Rutgers University, a mid-level state school. I don't know what I'm talking about. I'm just going to tell you my gut reactions. Even, like, you were there, okay? You were in it. You're allowed to react however you want. I just feel like I have some responsibility to draw a line in the sand and say, even hearing even hearing you say, like, you know, you were mature and you were talented and I could see how somebody could fall for that. There's a part of me that needs to step in and say, again, you were there. If if the specifics of this are some miracle where there was love involved, great. But I would say the counter side of that is the idea that you said before that you would like sneak out of the house and tell your parents you were going to buy cookie dough. And this guy knows you're doing that, and he's making out with a 15-year-old kid, and he knows that kid just told their parents, I left the house to get cookie dough. That's, that's warped. That's really warped, and it makes, it makes me want to put my fist through a wall, honestly. It makes me like want to cry my eyes out. The idea that a kid would say, I'm going to buy cookie dough, and then this fucking married dude who apparently is attracted to kids and put himself in an environment to be around them could do that. It make, it, it's... Again, to me, I wasn't there. To me, there's no excuse. And there's no world in which it's okay. And I'll say sure. this. I'll say this, sure. too. It's a part of me that arguably thinks it's weirder that you just made out. There's something so weird about that. <laughs> For some reason, that's so weird. For some reason, that even that, that bugs me out. I don't know if anyone else listening would be thinking that, but... That bugs me out even more. And the idea and the idea that you said it was almost like an emotional relationship, in what I, I'm just trying to think of any world in which as a man in my 30s, I have to assume this guy was in, you know, if he's a teacher, he's at least in his mid-20s. You can assume probably a little older. How old was he when, when all this was happening? He was mid-30s. And the guy in the, the guy my age. 
having any sort of emotional <laughs> connection with a 15-year-old girl, it, he knows it's wrong. He knows it's wrong. And you don't have to know it's wrong. And, and, and you're, 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 you're saying now like, oh, I can see, I can see maybe. And, and it's great that it didn't traumatize you. But I would also say just a big hefty, fuck that guy. He knew what he was doing. He knew it wasn't okay. He knew it wasn't okay. And it's not okay. And I'm glad you can laugh about it now, but I, I just, uh, I, uh, I can't, I can't, I can't pretend that I don't hate this guy and that for any specifics you have about what it was like being there with him and what it really felt like, there's, there's just no way I can, I can convince myself of that. So I'm going to let you know that I'm very angry for the rest of this call. Like, why were you too happier about the making out? It was... <laughs> oh, yeah, okay. Say it. Say it. What was it? <laughs> I mean, they were like, we would have like sexually explicit, like AIM conversation. Oh, yeah. There was uh... like AIM sex. <laughs> so, and, and for anybody, I mean, I, I assume everybody knows AIM it was like a kind of, I think Gchat has kind of replaced it. It, it, it. That's probably the closest analogy. Yeah. Of like and texting, texting has also kind of so. So you're or WhatsApp, right? Like, right. So you're basically what well, in what would be in call well, in modern terms, it would be called sexting with this guy who's in his thirties and who's married. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So right. he's telling you all these things. He's telling you all these things he wants to do, and then you're getting over there and making out, and then you're saying, "Hey, no, we got to stop," and uh, and then and then he's gone with that. Thank God. Yeah, exactly. Oh, fuck this guy. Did he have to register as a sex offender when all this went down? <laughs> no, so he didn't. Um, oh, son of a bitch. I so... hope this motherfucker gets hit by lightning. I hope he I hope this guy <laughs> I hope uh I hope this guy walks under a construction site and a crane topples over at that moment. I got no stomach for this guy. This guy's a bad person and I'm, you I'm, you can laugh all you want. I'm glad it didn't traumatize you. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. I hope I hope uh that should be that registered. Was partly my, um, but, well, I think that was partly, I, I think that maybe that's part of what, you know, I'm sort of thinking about this week is like, was that the correct decision? Because I didn't, um, you know, I cooperated with the school system and told them what was going on, but I decided not to press charges um, further than that or get him on any sort of registered list. Um, and I was very, you know, I turned him in, but I was also very protective of him. Um, and had I gone a little further, I think he would have ended up on a sex registry. So I don't know. I don't and think can I feelings ask, about sex registries. Here's, mm-hmm. here's, here's, a, here's a question uh, that is a loaded question, but I want to know the answer. Do you know if he still works with kids? Um, he does not work with kids, but I know that, um, he coaches his, so he has, he has daughters and he coaches one of his daughter's sports teams, but it's much younger, much, much younger. So I, I, I'm like 90%. I think it's okay. I hope. Does his wife, does his his, wife must know everything that went down. That's what I assume. Um, that's what I assume, but I, I think he ended up getting off pretty easy. Um, I, I learned through, um, 
I learned recently that uh, the principal that was actually um, responsible for for firing him or charged with firing him um, is close family friends with his family. So I don't know how much how much information ended up being divulged or or what that situation was. Um, so it was like Catholic Church style. It was Catholic yeah. Church style handled behind closed doors. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Precisely. Uh, precisely. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, so yeah. So, th- I mean, that was the last, imp- that was the last contact that I had with him, uh, you know, over a decade ago. And, um, and the other day, um, you know, I know that he, he lives in the same general area. So I've always, for years, I've just been kind of like preparing myself for this moment that I would run into him again. I'm like, it's inevitable that we're going to run into him again. You know, I have like mutual friends will be like, oh, you know, I saw Mr. So-and-so at, you know, Walmart the other day. Um, so I, I've known that he's still around and I've kind of figured that this would happen one day. Um, and uh, yeah, Starbucks. <laughs> so um so I, I just walked into this Starbucks on a weekend morning and um, I, it was crazy full and I was, you know, going there to um, get some work done and had my laptop with me. And I was like looking around at the different tables to figure out what table I could snag. Um, and I'm staring open mind, like absentmindedly over at this booth in the corner. And I see this like father and his two daughters, two daughters uh, sipping lemonade and I'm like oh well they're probably gonna leave soon I can I can swipe that booth I'm just staring at him for like a minute and then I realized that it was my um that it was my former teacher did you say anything um I did well I I would my impulse was to go up and say hi um because I'm awkward like that I, I just love awkward situations I don't know why I'm just really curious about people and I enjoy awkward situations and I also I thought that I don't know. Like, like I said, I haven't felt very traumatized by it over the past few years. And I kind of wanted him to know that, you know, we were like, we're, we're cool at the end of the day, I guess. And, you know, that I wish him well. Um, and so my impulse is to go and say hi, but, um, but because he was with his daughters, I didn't want to, um, I didn't want to bother him. But I wanted to let him know that he could come say hi to me if he wanted. And I didn't know if he'd seen me. So I was going to order just like a black coffee, but I changed my order to a mocha. So they would have to yell my name out in the Starbucks um, to try to get his attention. <laughs> but he uh, he left before uh, before they called my coffee out and he didn't turn around. So, um, so I, was, I, you know, I didn't say hi to him there. But then I ended up shooting him a note. Um, on one of his social media profiles, basically being like, hey, I think that was you at Starbucks. I don't know if you saw me, but like, you know, I didn't want to bother you and I won't bother you now, but just wanted to let you know that, um, you know, it's good to see you're well and I wish you the best. Um, And he ended up responding to that and um, he ended up popping back over to Starbucks um, in the hour that followed to say hello. He came back. He came back. (laughs) Alone, alone, without his daughters. Right, right. So what does he say? Um, So he only had like five minutes, and he just kind of talked at me um, for the five minutes. And he he said that, you know, I've been 
entirely too kind and too gracious. And that, um, some, it was so surreal. You know, it was one of those moments that's so surreal that like you, you kind of are sitting there knowing that it's happening, but not capturing everything that's being said to you. So I don't remember exactly even the words that came out of his mouth, but something to, to the effect of like, um, one of his church sermons recently being about turning the other cheek um, to your enemy. And he's like, I feel like that's what you've been doing the past 10 years. And it's really kind of you. And um, he had also followed some of what I've been up to um, professionally over the past 10 years and said, you know, you should be really proud of yourself. And um, you've turned out to be such a wonderful young woman and uh, and he, um, uh, then told me about his kids, about um, about his daughters, about his um, professional life, what he's been up to. Um, and then he was, uh, then he was like, you know, I'd love to talk more, and I'd love to, um, I'd love to grab lunch. Are you kidding me? Free. You're so kidding. Then I ended up with- <laughs> no. Did you get lunch with him? No. I got lunch with him. Yeah. Is this real? Is this real? This is real. This is real. I promise you, this is real. What happened on this lunch? What happened on this lunch? Like a date. You go on a date with this fucking guy? (laughs) Kind of. Um, So, 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 so seeing him at Starbucks was actually really nice because I felt like I really appreciated what he said. And I felt that he kind of acknowledged that, um, that, you know, what he did was kind of weird and that I had been very kind to him or whatnot. And so I thought that we were going to, I accepted the lunch because I thought that he wanted to talk more in depth about that. But then it was the most surreal lunch because it was like just talking to me as if I were another former student. Like it was very like catch up, like, what are you up to? Like giving me kind of career advice, um, just talking to me about like everything except for the elephant in the room kind of thing. So it never came um, up. No, it never came up. Um, but then he, so then he kept messaging me afterwards. Um, and, and so this is, this is kind of, this is like the current dilemma I'm in is that he's been messaging me like almost constantly since, uh, since we caught up and since we saw each other. Is, is he still um, married? And is the guy still married? His, he's still married. Yeah. I hate this guy so much. I'm going to ask you honestly, like all, all sense of entertainment and all, any sense of this, any, and you know, this, this, I, this podcast is not even comedy and it hasn't been for a while, but, but any, any sense of entertainment aside, have you ever spoken to a professional about this situation? Uh, no, not about this one in particular. Because, so you have and, seen you a shrink, but it, this never that, came up? No, I went to see a therapist for like, five sessions once after a really bad breakup. That's it. Cause I'm just going to be totally honest with you. And, and, and I don't, this one's breaking my heart. I'm just going to be totally honest with you and say, this is a married guy. He took advantage of you once. He's trying to snare you back into it. I don't know you. I don't know him. Just based on what you told me. Just the fact that, the fact that he would, he would, uh, what, uh, What's it's what what's going on here? You know, and and you've been laughing the whole time. I'm going to be honest and say that you you're laughing at a lot of times where I think anyone who's hearing you laughing would say, "No, that's a fucked up thing," and you seem to laugh to cover up the fucked up side of it. And I gotta say, 
I just got to put that on record. I just got to put that on record as somebody who, who, who cares about people and who's, who's listening hard is that this is, this is not, it's not okay. And this guy, this guy, and is the messaging starting to get explicit again? (laughs) No, the messaging is not explicit. So he, so this is what, this is what's been so weird for me. Um, is I guess I'm realizing that a lot of the reason that I felt very forgiving and loving towards him all of these past years is that that forgiveness has very much been like predicated on the idea that he's felt really bad about it, that he's regretted it, that it was a really difficult period in his life. And he's like, you know, had to go through a lot of worked through a lot of stuff and um, and suffered kind of consequences from it. So that's the image that I built up in my mind. You know, like I didn't have contact with this guy for over a decade. And I kind of pictured him going to marital counseling, losing his job, maybe going to therapy about that, um, doing a lot of introspection, feeling really bad. Um, and so I guess in, during that lunch, I was expecting him to say something to the extent that was going to like develop on what he said to me at Starbucks, you know, something to the extent of, you know, I cared a lot about you, but that was inappropriate. And I'm sorry for, for, you know, whatever I did. Um, it's sort of like, I do really feel like I dodged a bullet in a lot of ways, but like, it doesn't mean that it was okay to, okay to shoot the gun kind of thing, you know? Yeah. Um, thank God. Thank God. It never progressed further than it did. Huh? Thank God. But it still doesn't mean yeah. what happened was okay. <laughs> I think you would agree, right? Like if that went further and and if you lost your virginity to this guy, it would really be bad. But oh, 100%. I, I do have to say yeah. no. this guy, the fact that he's messaging you again, he's falling back into it. And I, I just want – who knows? Who, who knows? The fact that this guy's coaching well, yeah, any kids, he, the guy, this guy's around kids, this guy's – demonstrating no remorse he's he's trying to snare you back in on some level what is going on what is going on so that, so he what did he say? so in one of his messages he's been messaging me like pretty constantly and he messaged me the other night i was like you know just getting at a happy hour and going over to a friend's house and i'd had a few glasses of wine and um and he just was still like, didn't even know how to react to what he was saying. And so I sort of brushed it off, but feel like I need to come back to it or, or maybe just lock him entirely. Wait, to say that, did you say to him you went and got a glass of wine together? Is that what you said? No, 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 no. So he was messaging me and I'm receiving these messages after happy hour and I'd had oh, a few okay. glasses of wine. Okay. Okay. And, okay. Um, <laughs> and he said something to the effect of like, it's really nice to have your voice back in my life. Um, and I'm like, likewise, and I, sh- I shouldn't even say like, likewise, but I'm just like at this point where I'm just kind of like trying to brush him off nicely and like move on with my life kind of thing. And, um, he says something to the effect of, um, uh, uh, or, or I, I said, I wasn't sure that you would want, you know, that you would want me back in your life. And he goes, um, me too. And then he goes, you know, I was never angry or disappointed in you, purely sympathetic. The fuck does that mean? Sympathetic. Okay, you guys just heard some actual rage starting to bubble to my surface. I'm getting very angry. You know what doesn't make me angry? Oh, what a weird call. You gotta find a segue. It's the advertisers. Sorry. I need to segue to it somehow, guys. We got advertisers. They got 
all sorts of things. They support the show. They make it happen. And, and uh, very genuinely, I, I appreciate it. Let's hear what they have to offer. What would happen if the McElroy brothers were to turn their popular advice podcast, My Brother, My Brother and Me, into a TV show? There is only one way to find out. You got to sign up for CISO. CISO's got a wide array of hand-picked, ad-free, on-demand comedy. It's your one-stop comedy streaming service. You watch Next Day Late Night, hilarious stand-up specials, binge-worthy classics, including 42 seasons of Saturday Night Live, and the entire Monty Python catalog, all from the comfort of your favorite device. Plus, CISO has tons of great original series like My Brother, My Brother and Me, as well as an animated fantasy role-playing game starring Dan Harmon and a fake reality show created by the geniuses behind Comedy Bang Bang and Reno 911. I got a lot of friends who work at CISO. It's a very cool place that supports artists. Big thumbs up. Access CISO anytime, anywhere on iOS, Android, Apple TV, almost any other device, all for $3.99 per month. No joke. So what are you waiting for? Go to SEESO.com right now. Sign up for one month free with promo code BEAUTIFUL at checkout. This is the best offer CISO has gone right now. One month of laugh your ass off comedy for free just by using the promo code BEAUTIFUL. That's SEESO.com. Promo code BEAUTIFUL, CISO.com, promo code BEAUTIFUL. Some people, they still don't get podcasts. I, I've seen a lot of feedback online. A lot of, a lot of people tell me that Beautiful Anonymous is one of the first podcasts they've ever listened to and, and one of the only ones. Podcasts are a very, very special thing. People don't always understand how to listen. Well, look, you can change that. You think of a friend, a family member, anybody you care about, what podcast would they be into? There's so many out there, cover such a broad range. There's something for them, right? Whether it's something you think is funny or informative or gripping, you got to tell them about it. We want everybody to know how great podcasts are. So all this month, we're asking you to spread the word, either in real life or on social media, about your favorite shows. Get out there, and not just this show, all the shows participating in this. Look for ways to spread word on the things you love. Podcasts in general, we're trying to raise awareness. And if your friends don't know how to listen to podcasts, show them how or send them to trypodcasts.org. Tell us what show you recommended with the hashtag tripod, T-R-Y pod, not tripod like a camera, T-R-Y, like try to let people know how amazing podcasts are and get word out there. Trypodcasts.org. Make it happen. Let's all get together, spread word. Let's go ahead. Let's wrap up this phone call. The rage returns. The fuck does that mean? Sympathetic. <laughs> that was my reaction. <laughs> so, so up until this, you know, maybe it fucks up, but like up until he said that, I have felt so forgiving and like generous and and like I felt like I have not been terribly scarred by it. It was fucked up, but I think I was probably the only one. It was what it was. I'm living my life. I'm happy. You seem like you're doing well. Let's go on our separate paths. We're all good. But then he's messaging me and saying things like that. Yeah, as if uh, <laughs> as if he that mean? yeah, as, as if he did you some sort of favor, as if he was so understanding to you. <laughs> Meanwhile, what what, yeah, what, what is it? Even even going back to the beginning, like what book? What what book did you lend this grown up that you had to go back to his house and get it? Do you remember what the book was? Um, <laughs> um, it was actually not a. So it was a. It was a. Um, it was less of a book than a school project that we had to compile, and he wanted to use mine as an example for his class. Um, so I had like you know I kept 
my project and I had lent it back to him and he had used it for the school year and then was giving it back to me. And he brought it to his home. Oh, weird. He couldn't just keep it in school. He brought it to his home where you'd have to come get it. Oh, how, how, oh, weird. Cause, cause I, I tell you, I know a lot of teachers in my life. I grew up with a lot of people who have become teachers and they're all super psyched and want to bring that shit home with them all the time. They're all, I'm being sarcastic. No, they, nobody does that. Nobody's like, oh, I love this. I love this 13 year old schoolwork so much that I'm going to bring it home so I can fucking soak in it at home. Everybody I know who teaches hates it and prays for their breaks. They love affecting kids and they want to do the right thing. And then when that summer comes, the last thing they're doing is saying, oh, I'm going to bring this 13-year-old school project with me because I just can't let it go. This guy (laughs) is a bad guy. Totally normal. (laughs) Oh, God. You're doing okay Um, now, though? You're you're feeling better now? Doing okay? I'm, I'm, I'm fine. Like, I know I'm doing, I'm just really in this weird space with this, because this all, you know, running into him again is all pretty recent. And I'm just in this weird space. Like, how do I, I'm just debating how I extract myself from this now. Like, do I explain myself? Do I just block him? Do I have an in-person conversation? Do I say like, Hey, like a lot of my forgiveness is kind of predicated on the fact that, you know, you felt bad, but clearly you don't. Like, I'm just sort of in this place where I'm debating what, if anything, I say to him and how I gently step away from the situation. So it's good. You want out. That's good. That's good. No more lunches. And I hope I'm, I hope I'm not coming <laughs> off as, ju- I, ho- I really hope I'm coming off, not coming off as judgmental. I really hope I'm not. Um, the only person I'm judging in this is him. I promise. I promise. And I hope I haven't come off as judgmental towards you at any point. No, not at all. It's completely normal to be just, I mean, I think that that's been the weird part about being confronted with this again, you know, over a decade after the fact is now I am an adult. And so now I view this situation differently than I did back in 15. Um, yeah, it's hard not to judge that kind of situation. Yeah. Did you go to public school? What kind of school did you go to? Yeah, it was a public school. And they're not required to report that shit? They're not required to put him on a list? This whole thing, um, this whole thing seems like, like like a like a night like a nightmare of of how the system works sometimes. Yeah, I know it really does. Um, I I don't know. Like honestly, I think he was going to keep his job for a little while um, after the whole thing came out, it was towards like the end of the school year when I was graduating and she was still on the roll to start for the next year. And, um, a family friend of his happened to be someone that my mom confided in. And she also worked at the same school. And I believe she was the one who ended up going into the principal's office when she saw that he was still teaching and was like, I know what happened. This is really fucked up. He needs to be fired. I cannot work with this man. Um, but I believe he was let go pretty quietly. Son of a bitch. I don't like it. <laughs> I don't like it. I know. I know. I, it's so, I don't like it. He just got to yeah. move on. And now 10 years later, he's saying, you, oh, I was really sympathetic, actually. Oh, like he's going to pat you on the head. <laughs> he's going to pat you on the head. This fucking guy. 
I guess that's, yeah, that's just what, what has been turning my world upside down this past week is I've just, I don't know, I just, I was, I kind of regret letting him back into my life. I, like, curiosity got the cat thing because I was just so curious to, uh, to see where he was at and what he was up to and, um, and, uh, and, I don't know. It was a mistake because I, I think I liked the image that I had of him in my head much better than like the reality of the person that I had in front of me. Well, yeah, because I would imagine now, he loses his job. You assume his life goes, you know, you assume that he's going to suffer a little bit. You assume that his wife found out, you assume that he's never going to be allowed to do certain things and be around certain people again. And now you're finding out 10 years later, that might not be the case. He effectively may have gotten away with this. Yeah. Exactly. That sucks. That sucks. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I like, honestly, I feel fine for myself, but it, it is those little questions of like, should I have tried to get him on some sort of sex offender registry or should he be coaching children in any capacity? I don't know. Yeah. You know, I like to think that now that, you know, it's whatever it's been, I mean, he's he's older now, and the kids that he's working with are even younger. So I would hope that it's just like a completely different context. But yeah, but I'm sure it brings up that thought. I'm I'm sure I'm sure seeing that he can just fucking chill out at a Starbucks is bringing up a lot of thoughts of like, holy shit, wait, what? What? Like, what? <laughs> yeah, yeah, Ooh. it's weird, and I, I'm. I'm a very forgiving person. Like I never want to, um, I never wish harm on anybody and I want him to be happy and I want him to, uh, yeah, I want him to, to be okay, but I just want him also to realize, I guess I just want him to realize what he did. And are you like, what's your, uh, I realized that I was something before. What's your life like now? How's your, how's your, are you, what's like, what are the basics? <laughs> my life is awesome. I love my life. That's good. Um, That's great. I don't know. I'm trying to figure out what I can say without giving away too many. I don't know. I feel like I probably shouldn't talk about my life a lot because it would give away identifying details. But um, That's fair. But my life is good. That's cool. Yeah. I think the obvious question is, has, has, do you feel like your relationships have been affected moving forward? Because as a kid, some pretty, uh, some pretty specific stuff happened. Yeah. You know what's funny is I've never had an American boyfriend since. I've always dated foreign men. Wow. Didn't see that answer coming. <laughs> I think it's partly running away from that. <laughs> so you may have you may have subconsciously written off trust in an entire nation. I have. I have. We <laughs> spent a lot of time in Europe. Um, yeah, I don't know. I There's something... Uh, yeah, there's just something about America, which is funny, you know, like most of the American men who've like approached me or hit on me have been married men. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I sort of, uh, yeah, I don't know if it's related, but I think that um, I've run away from all that. So I've had, I've had lots of good relationships, good, healthy relationships um, with foreign nationals. Wow. Okay. So career, you're feeling good about your life. You don't want to get too specific. Sounds like you do something cool that he congratulated you on and you can't get specific because it could give you away. That sounds cool. Yeah. You're, yeah, pretty much. So you're a world traveler with a good career. Everything turned out okay, and thank God for that. 
I, I, I'll tell you what. Yeah. Tell you what. I think we've done about 50 of these things. I don't know if I've ever been angrier during the course of a call than I was during <laughs> your call. I'm sorry. I just need to like get your blood pressure. No, you yeah. don't have to apologize for anything. I will tell you there's this, because I, I, it's, you know, I am, I'm like an artist and I'm a pretty sensitive guy, but every once in a while I'll hear something and it, it'll, it will just be a reminder that I am a North Jersey dude at the end of the day. And my instinct is to find this guy <laughs> and break his jaw. That's my instinct is find out who this man is and break his jaw. I totally get that. I totally understand that. And it's funny because, like, I, if I were sitting in your seat, I would feel the exact same way. Um, it's interesting. Like, I feel like sometimes we're able to accept things for ourselves that we wouldn't accept for other people. Yeah. Um, and I feel like if this had happened to my best friend, I would be completely outraged. But honestly, I, I feel okay personally. Well, can but, I ask um, you the hardest question? I don't know. Can I ask you the hardest question? Yeah. Because you said – Of course. You just said – I feel, you know, there's things that we feel okay about happening to ourselves that we'd be livid if they happen to other people. What are you going to do if you find out that this guy, if it was a pattern? You know, what happens then? Ooh. Um, if I found out it was a pattern, I think I would be much more. Well, that's the question is what would I do now? But I mean, I mean, I would, I would be inspired to take action in some way, shape or form. I would probably immediately get him, um, get him off any sort of organization that had to do with children. Um, if there was some sort of case against him, I would certainly speak. Um, I would do that in defense of someone else. Um, which maybe sounds a little fucked up if I'm like, well, if I'm the only one, it was okay. But I do, if I am, and if I was the only one, I do feel like, you know, it's not worth ruining his life ever. Yeah, because um, it is, it is interesting, yeah, like you said, like, yeah, because you did, you, you did say, like, you've kind of spent all this time assuming he learned his lesson in a big way, and only in the past recent times has that been called into question. So it is one of those things where, you're like, if he learned, he learned his lesson, ultimately I'm fine, let's walk away. Um, but I'm sure, I'm sure that thoughts crossed your mind before of just praying like, oh God, this guy, this guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I, I don't know. I, I do. Yeah. I, I, I'm like 90% convinced that I was the only one. There's that like 10% doubt in my mind. Um, but it was so emotional that it did feel more like a, but, you know, that means obviously that he can be, like, sexually or emotionally attracted to women of that age, you know. So um, there could have been someone after me. Why not? Um, but I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 hope, I hope that there was no one else. I think there was no one else. And, um, and if I were to find out something to the contrary, then I would, uh, then I would defend that girl, but, um, but hopefully that's not the case. Yeah, I hope so too. I hope so too. I also, like I said, hope that although he has two daughters, so I don't want to wish ill on a family, but in a vacuum, I wish that a, uh, boulder, <laughs> a boulder would roll off a cliff. Maybe since he has two daughters, I don't <laughs> wish death upon him, but I wish real serious bad things. 
I don't want to wish death on anybody. I don't want to make jokes about that, but oh god, oh god. I get on the. I live in New York. I live in New York. I get on the subway, and there's high school kids. You know, you get out. You, you God forbid, you got to go on a subway between two thirty and three thirty p.m. in New York City when a high school lets out. There's never a part of me that looks up and is like, "Yowza, look at that girl!" Never. You look at, like you look at anytime I'm on a, a subway car with high school kids. Here's what I'm thinking: time to fucking switch cars because I don't want to hear these kids yelling all the time because I'm getting old. Kids, 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 man! And this guy went to school on how to work with kids. And in some world, here's what I can do. Here's what I can do because I can I can stress out with you and I can stress about you. But here's another thing I can do is if in some fucking world this guy ever hears this, I want you to know that I'm that 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 I'm not the one you put in the middle of it, and I'm not the one you confused, and you're a fucking bad person deep down. I hope he hears that. I'm allowed to say that. I wasn't there. You, 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 can, you can have all the emotional reactions in the world. I'm allowed to say it. I hope this guy hears it. I hope this guy hears it, and I hope he knows he really did wrong. I hope he knows he did wrong. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, I, I, it's weird. Like, I feel like these cases are more and more in the news, though, too, right? Like, in, um, there's... I don't know where I'm going with that, but I feel like I, I feel like I hear about this stuff more and more of inappropriate teacher-student uh, relationships brought about by like more communication on social media and yeah. um, and girls maybe acting more mature than their age and or guys and yeah I don't know I mean it, there was a famous one yeah, too who was that know. lady what was the lady's name who dated we got to look this up the lady what was the one that like actually worked out for like thirty years. Is it, well, I want to. There's a name popping into my head. I'm just gonna. If it's okay, I'm just gonna. Was that her name? I don't know. Wait, hold on. I don't want to say the wrong name. <laughs> oh yeah, Mary Kay Letourneau, right? That was the one. Yeah, she dated no. that kid. I haven't heard of that one. Yeah, she dated a kid, and no. she he was really young, and then I think it actually worked out. Like I think they got kids and stuff. Like I think that one actually <laughs> turned out kind of okay. Mary Kay Letourneau, but I still can't get behind that one. <laughs> yeah. Well, the current, um, you know, the front runner for the French president, French presidential election right now, um, he is married to his high school English teacher. I think they met when he was fourteen. Did they get together when he was fourteen? <laughs> yes. No. Oh God. Oh God. I believe so. Yeah, you have to Google that to, to fact check me. But oh, they got together when he was pretty young. Oh God, <laughs> it's not okay. But that's France, so you know that's a different context. <laughs> well, there's a million easy jokes about France wrapped up in that one, and I'm just gonna walk in the other direction because <laughs> I don't know. We got I, I don't know if we got a lot of French listeners, but if we do, bonjour. And I'm not making the easy jokes at your expense. Au revoir. <laughs> I really, I don't know. I got to say, I got to say, I don't want to put it on you. I don't want to, I don't want to assume anything, but you always laugh when I'm talking about the most fucked up shit. And it makes me feel like you're, it's, there's, there's, <laughs> there's unresolved stuff there. And I hope you resolve it. I hope you resolve it. I, I'm a very giggly person. I laugh way too much. 
But you have to admit, if you, when you listen back to this, you're going to be like, every time, every time it got really tense, you burst out laughing. And I get, but who, I mean, that's my whole thing. I, I feel like my whole life is all I've ever learned from my parents, every bad thing. You, you learn to f- just fucking laugh. Like you have to, you have to. So in, in a sense, I think that's very good. But you I t- have to. Yeah. I would have, have to. never been able to survive my, I hadn't learned how to laugh. <laughs> Was this guy your first kiss? I, uh, Was he your I first kiss? No. Oh, no, thank no, no, God. Thank oh, God. good. Um, good, I had good. first kiss like a couple months prior to him, and I was very grateful for that. How old was that guy? The, my first kiss? Yeah, I'm hoping, I'm hoping he was it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm hoping you're not. Yeah, yeah, he was oh, even he older. Was, uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. I was 14, and he was 17. All right. Even that's weird. I remember <laughs> that. You know what he did to me? <laughs> How much time do we have? Are we about at we're... a minute and twenty seconds? Oh, okay. So my first kiss was seventeen, but then he told me that um, he couldn't date me because he was part of a gang, and my life might be endangered if we were to uh, if we were to go out. You're kidding me! I once made out with a girl in New York City, and she called me the next day and said she had an ex in the mafia, and he would kill me. I had the same thing. No, no, what? what? <laughs> We both made out with gangland murderers. No, that girl wasn't a murderer. <laughs> I've always wanted to ask that girl. Like, I remember she said, I think she texted me. She's like, hey, I, I, I really like you, but I, uh, I don't think I can see you. I have an ex in the mafia and he'll, he'll, he might hurt you. And I just wrote back. You know what I wrote back? I said, I said, I'm a, I must be a very bad kisser. So I must be a very bad kisser Maybe if you're making up this. my ex-boyfriend. Oh, maybe, maybe. Who knows? Maybe, who knows? All right, we got 20 <laughs> seconds left. I'm going to go take a couple deep breaths, walk around the block, because this one got me mad. <laughs> I will let you do that. Thank you for listening. Of course, do other people in your life get really mad, or am I the only one who gets mad when I hear about this? No, other people in my life get very, very mad. I let everybody else get mad for me. That's nice. This is very nice. That's kind of selfish. Caller, that one made my head spin. Thank you for sharing your story. I hope my reactions didn't uh, weird you out in any way. I was very, very nervous about coming off as judgmental or any way. I just found myself getting very upset at the uh, circumstances you described. So that was an intense one. We go there sometimes. We go there. We go there, and I hope I hope uh, everybody out there uh, learned a little listening to it or, or has their opinions in order. And that's that. Thank you, Caller, for calling. Thank you. To Jared and Harry in particular, Jared O'Connell, Harry Nelson in the booth there this week. That was a we were making. There was a lot of eye contact between me and the guys in the booth this week. Oh, oh, oh. all right. Thank you to the Reverend John Delore, to Greta Cohen, to Shell Shag for the intro music. Thank you, Shell Shag. I love you, Shell Shag. You want to know more about me? ChrisGeth.com. That's got all my dates when I go out on the road. And if you like Beautiful Anonymous, please do rate, review, subscribe on iTunes. It genuinely helps so, so much. Thanks a lot. See you next time. Today's show was sponsored by Talkspace, the online therapy company that believes that therapy should be affordable, confidential, and convenient. Talkspace therapists can help put you on the path to a happier life. I am a big advocate of therapy. I think this is well known about me. 
So please do find the therapy that works for you. And, and Talkspace is the modern version of that. For a special offer for our listeners, visit Talkspace.com slash beautiful. Again, that is Talkspace.com slash beautiful. Next time on Beautiful Anonymous, it's our one-year anniversary show. And we're hearing from an old friend. It's the return of the original Ron Paul's baby. It feels like like when you run into somebody you used to date. It feels like that. Yeah. How's it going? We haven't talked in a while, but you know, like, just to share something here. You know, this podcast has completely changed my life. It's completely changed so many aspects of my life, and so much of that is because of you. Mm-hmm. So I got to thank you for that. Oh, you're welcome. I'm glad. It's become like the actual foundation of my life. Yeah, I'm glad I could give you a hit podcast. <laughs> yeah, thanks for that. You've got an HBO special coming up, right? Well, I don't know how much you had to do with that one, but that's next time on Beautiful Anonymous. Hey, Paul. Hey, Scott. Have you ever heard of Tripod? What are you talking about? Oh, whoa, 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 whoa. Okay. I'm sorry. Well, I, I, uh, I came in a little hot on that. Yeah, that, that was... Uh, I apologize. Uh, this is a big podcast awareness campaign happening throughout March. Now, I know about podcasts, and I know being doing a podcast myself... I know a lot of people, they don't know what they are. They don't even know what it is. So what we want people to do is to share your favorite podcast. It doesn't have to be ours. In fact, I would hate it if you shared mine. You know what? I forbid you to share mine. (laughs) Exactly. Let's say you know someone in your life who would probably enjoy a podcast if only they try it. Right. You could recommend a podcast that you think that person would like. A lot of people, you know, uh, listen to podcasts while they're working out. It takes their mind off of it. While they're working, it takes their mind off. While they're doing laundry. While they're driving. Some people like to watch that video of a fox decomposing and listen to a podcast at the same time. (laughs) If you're one of these people, then you must know someone like that who would really enjoy podcasts, but they still don't really understand what they are or why they're special. You can tell your friends how easy it is to listen to podcasts. There's maybe two steps to it. It's very simple. Or send them to trypodcasts.org. I didn't know there was a website. Why why are we even talking about this? They should just be going to the website. Why are they listening to us? We should have just sent people to the website. Tell us what show you recommended with the hashtag tripod t-r-y-p-o-d and you're a daisy if you do this has been an earwolf production executive produced by scott ackerman chris bannon and colin anderson for more information and content visit earwolf.com 